Welcome to the 2021 Biz Community Series, celebrating diversity and inclusivity in the South African advertising industry. Made possible by the ACA, Association for Communication and Advertising. I'm your host, Rutendo Nyamuda, and today I'm honored to be speaking to this year's Lurie Grand Prix winners, Carl Willoughby, Executive Creative Director, TBWA, Hunt Lascaris, and Sanele Ngubane, Creative Director at Toasted Samish, on a case study that really demonstrates the incredible value and the rewards that diversity and inclusive thinking can deliver. Carl and Sanele, your campaign, Shui for Nissan, was awarded the Grand Prix at the Lurie Advertising Awards that took place recently. Were you expecting it or was it a complete surprise? Okay, I'll go first. Uh, yeah, obviously, uh, like I mean, Lurie's, you, there's, there's a process where they choose the Grand Prix. Uh, and uh, I, I was a judge in the radio category. Uh, but even then, when they judge your work, they, they kick you out of the room. So no, it was totally unexpected. I, I actually thought it was, it was gonna go to another piece, which was quite strong. Um, that was uh, it, uh, as far as the local context concerned. And uh, yeah, I'm very glad that we uh, we managed to secure that. And Carl, what was it for you? Was it a surprise, or was it something you were expecting? We were actually. I was. I was in Cape Town. I wasn't at the Lurie's uh, ceremony, believe it or not. Um, we were busy shooting, um, and and I didn't know. I didn't know that we were going to win um, the Grand Prix. So when it was announced, I actually got a call from the from the business unit director on the business to to tell me, oh, we've just won Grand Prix. And I was like, what? I didn't know this was happening. So uh, it took me by surprise, but I was I was pretty excited about it. Mm. Well, congratulations to you guys. It was a, such a fantastic campaign. Sanele, in the credits of the campaign, it says that the title is Ngola Yamalashe. What does that mean? <laughs> so basically, Ngola Yamalashe is a donkey cart. Uh, and, and it sounds like the actual word a donkey cart makes. So in Ngola, you can hear the wheels. like in, And Yamalashe, you can hear the charcoal. Uh, and that's basically the Zulu word for a donkey cart, Ngola Yamalashe. So <laughs> the title of the ad is Donkey Cart Crossing. <laughs> and we, who came up with the name? Where did that come from? Well, as we were writing the scripts, like, I mean, uh, uh, we obviously back and forth between our writing the scripts, sharing them with Carl, Carl uh, contributing, like, you know, what we could do to make this thing come to life. And, 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 like, uh, and, and as we were writing them, it was just the obvious choice to call these things by, by the idea. The fact that Zulu actually warns you in the word, it should have been reflected in everything from our, what we name it to the commands to, to the radio that we did to everything, that, every collateral. Mm. And Carl, uh, developing an app in an African vernacular sounds like a very complicated challenge. Can you share some of the process behind it? Uh, what did it take for you to pull off a Zulu app for a Japanese global brand? Yeah, it's actually... Actually, it was quite complicated. I think to go the conventional route um, would have been actually a bit impossible for us. So what we found was that if we hacked the system, um, uh, found a hack uh, in terms of the platform, it was easy for us to bypass um, uh, you know, the, the scale of developing something like this. So for example, to, do, to change the language preference would have cost us the equivalent of $75,000. Um, it would only have been a short-term kind of period, I think for about two weeks or two months, I can't recall, but it would have been short-lived. 
the hack allowed us to get around all of that. So the hack was actually based off something on the Waze platform, which was a voice recorder facility. We figured out once we accessed the voice recorder facility, we could then create our own set of commands. So instead of creating an app and all the issues and costs that go around that, we could actually just hack the platform in a way that was um, uh, uh, respectful. Uh, so we didn't uh, bypass any legal kind of uh, boundaries, um, but it still allowed us to be able to own that, to own a shareable link and then brand it, own it from a Nissan point of view. Mm. And Samuel, for you, what was the process like? Uh, what details can you share with us from your perspective? I mean, I don't know where you want me to start. I'll just do the summary. I, I think... The, pro the process, obviously, this campaign uh, had been in the pipeline for a long time. There was a lot of interest from, from obviously, first TBWA, who we really, like, you know, got behind the campaign and managed to actually get it to go before we even sold it to China, before we even did anything. So the process there was basically sleepless nights, trying to find things like, you know, how do you get in for less than 75,000K? We don't have 75,000K. Nobody's paying for it, like, you know, and... But but and then and then just like like um, oh reading with, uh, so I started reading the the multilingual dictionary from <laughs> from page to page and that then formed the our dictionary that we were gonna write our contents out of so and like you know even now we, that, that's now that's allowed us to do like the other languages and what have you because we've almost got like our own dictionary of all these words that come from. Uh, like you know these these sounds so 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 that was the first process of it and then the second process was kind of saying was then how do you get into ways uh, uh, some there was some luck in that because we actually did stumble on the voice recorder feature like af after we had the meeting with ways and whatever and then you realize oh there's a voice recorder feature here and then out of like the brainstorms, the main kind of back and forth with Kyle, like, why don't we just use that? Okay, like, can we fill in any every word? Yes, we actually have a dictionary of words that we can fill in more than enough words. So, that, that, I mean, AI, and then after two years with David, was it two years, Kyle? Two. two years now, two years, yeah. It was off the back of, of 2019. Yeah, David, yeah. so yeah, persistence. Wow. <laughs> and was, was there a moment for either of you in this process where you stopped and thought to yourself, Wow, we're really onto something big here. Mm. Yeah, I think for yeah. me, when when we could see the full ecosystem of how everything worked, I think there was a bit of a, a slam dunk moment for me where we we said actually we're delivering something that's for people who understand this language who talk uh, Zulu. Um, but it's I think the inside around it was so powerful that we needed we needed to find a way to make this come alive. We needed to make it happen in some form or another. And I and I have to say hats off to Sanele and, and Tule, um, the team on it. I mean Tule is not here, but um, for finding that hack because without that hack, I think um, this would have been another obstacle in the way of Shri happening. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so. so yes, for you, what, what moment possibly stands out as that, you know, pause moment of, oh, my goodness, you know, we're, we're onto something big? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I would love to phrase it another way because I think Carlos answered it uh, quite beautifully. Like, I love how we had so many moments of, like, sure, this is never going to work. There's too many barriers. Uh, like, you know, we've mentioned some of them, but, like, <laughs> like there were so many times where we could have just left it. Like, you know, and, and, and just like gave up on the first radio spots because it wasn't coming together because that's not how you do radio. You don't use a phone to record sound effects. Like, you know, you don't enter that into can. And like there is so many barriers. So for me, it's actually like just 
told me to push on maybe some ideas that are not even that great but like it, it's given me that thing like when, when the idea is strong enough you just you need to persist because there is something on the other side of that and that's worth uh, a while and i mean what's what's less worth while than preserving our languages and and trying to find a space for them in digital and and you mentioned barriers. You mentioned you know that this also started on the back of like 2019. What would you say was the biggest obstacle and barrier and hurdle that you had to overcome? Yeah, <laughs> uh, yo, the the I think, biggest I think one. Is okay. No, no, go for it. Go for it, Sanili. Yeah, sorry, I was sniffing through all the all the barriers, trying to find the biggest. <laughs> I think, I think, I think the biggest one is always going to be like, you know, obviously Nissan is a big global brand and we're selling like, you know, not just the language, we're selling a nuance, a really, a really kind of like particular nuance of the language that actually even South Africans are, are like, you know, could, could use a bit of refreshing on like, you know, so, so, so setting that and you're sending them to like, you know, it has to go in and get approved in Japan. <laughs> like you know, so so that was probably the biggest barrier, which actually amazingly turned out to be one of the most beautiful days because even the people who are approving it were like, we don't understand the word, but yeah. we love it. So intriguing, yeah. Mm -hmm. And yeah, okay, yeah. Fantastic, fantastic. And Carl, you actually have a favorite Mandela quote as a key inspiration for the award-winning campaign. Uh, can you share that with us? Sure, I think I think it's something that's helped me quite a lot over the years. Is um, and I, I don't know how I stumbled across that, but he has a quote that says that goes around. Um, you know, if you if you speak to a man in the language he understands, you speak to his mind. If you speak to a man in his own language, you speak to his heart. And I think the the power of emotion for me, and I guess the power of emotion in advertising is far stronger than anything else. Obviously, there's reason and, and all that with decisions that we make. But when we can affect our audience emotionally, then that's pretty powerful, you know. So, so for me, that quote is, you know, I've used it in a number of presentations. It helps me sell relevant work. Um, I stand by it. Mm, that's so true, and such an impactful quote indeed. Um, and mm. and Sanele, I guess, in addition to that, supporting that is ultimately what this case study demonstrates: is that effective advertising needs to go deeper than just the demographic, demographic uh, representation and advertising to be able to factor in more context and cultural relevance as well. And specifically for you, can you comment on this and how your agency works with language in general? Oh, uh, thank you for that. Uh, so, I mean, our system is very simple in that uh, we are a home language uh, writers. So what we mean by that is that um, traditionally, like advertising agencies uh, uh, will brief out uh, translations uh, agencies that third, third party suppliers with for their languages, uh, which then compromises sometimes the creative work of that, like the creative quality. Uh, so what we basically do, we go, okay, we'll start from the beginning, we'll work in the languages, we'll conceptualize in the languages, we'll stay for all 11 of your radio recordings, like all 11 languages, because it's important uh, to make sure that the quality of those languages improves. Uh, how, how I like to describe it to, 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 to like a, a anyone like to, to understand is like, you know, I, I go like, take, take a, a, a black doll and take Barbie. Like, you know, if, 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 if we can't push the level to, to Barbie or, or beyond uh, with our own black dolls, and I'm just talking on a local context, like, you know, sometimes it's like the hair is falling off 
or like the, the skin color is too dark and the kid doesn't want to play with that. Like if you can't push the same nuance, the same level of like, you know, detail on our African languages. So, and I call them home languages, but for me, it's, it's more like a, it's a cultural way of being, it's a cultural way of thinking. It's like a way of thinking, really. It's like, you know, so, so, so yeah. And that's really, it's just improving the quality of our languages and like, uh, for communication uh, purposes in whatever field that is. Oh, that's, that's absolutely, absolutely amazing. And Carl, do you have anything to add on to that? I mean, you know, looking at languages, celebrating languages, making sure that we're communicating that the content that we're putting out there has that diversity that pretty much showcases or speaks to across the 11 official languages in our country and not always going back to English. Yeah, I think, I mean, there's a term I wasn't familiar with. What is it? Lingua franca, which is the, the language of use, official language of use in a country, right? I think the, the complexity is when, you, when you've got 11 official languages, then, then how do you communicate in a way that everyone understands? I think the, the thing that I wanted to say is that, you know, uh, and I saw like the Nissan, Nissan is a tech brand, right? Um, and I think using tech is, is something that we can kind of all connect with. But when tech starts excluding the language of the people, then that's a problem, you know, because tech should enable and facilitate an easier, better way of doing things. But I think um, something that we, we spoke about in the case study is that AI is neglecting you know, the rise of AI tends to be in English only. It doesn't, you know, so Siri and Alexa, only now, if you look at it, have a handful of languages that they use. So um, I think from, a, from an essay marketing point of view, we should be tapping into different people's languages because if we don't, then we, we, we're alienating people. We're alienating an audience. We, we're starting to see communication on TV that's aimed at everyone that's in Zulu only. You know, we're starting to see that. We should be we should be doing more of that, you know, because those are the people we're speaking to. Mm. And I'm, I'm just going to stay on you, Cole, for a little bit, uh, because statistically only 8.4% of South Africans actually speak language as a home or first language. So what are your thoughts on how agencies can actually start, uh, you know, making sure uh, or, or actively, what can they actively start doing? Because the what you run into is, uh, agencies outsourcing the bulk of their language requirements for campaigns mm. and at the end of the day you're getting lost in translation you're speaking to a company who's speaking to another company who's speaking to another company and, and mm. the communication gets lost along the way so what are your thoughts mm. on this and how do we actually keep the bulk of the language requirements within the agencies it's a big it's it's a very big issue to be honest with you i think and i think something that we're not as an industry getting right at a pace that is fast enough, in my opinion. And I, and I say that shame, with shame, you know. I think the, the tradition, the norm, the convention is to take stuff and just outsource. And, and no, no disrespect to an outsourced company, but if you're not invested in the conceptual nature of the work, then what you're literally doing is translating. And you might as well take stuff and put it into Google Translate. But I think things get lost. There's a broken telephone thing that happens when you take it and you're literally asking for that to be translated. You need to, you need to conceptually translate things. You need to conceptually conceptualize stuff in the language. You need to, there's a different way of doing these things. You know, um, we did, and Sonele was part of the team. Um, Sonele, and you can attest to this, when we did City Lodge, we had, a, we had an idea that was rich. This was two years ago, 2019. And Sonele came on board and he looked at it and wasn't a, a, a translation. He conceptually translated 
culturally into Zulu, mm. you know, and, and I think for us what was great with about that for the first time is that we actually won internationally at Cannes for Zulu in radio, you know. So I think for me, the industry's got to realize, and I think it's starting to happen, and maybe there's discussions at Lurie's around, like, you know, we, we have English and non-English, but from a South African point of view, our voice is becoming so much stronger, you know, people look at us and they say, oh, these are people who are great at storytelling. We hear it in their audio. We see it. I think the essay industry needs to embrace that more. It's starting to happen, but I think there needs to be more of a celebration of that. Um, I think agencies need to internally at the agency conceptualize in that language, not just take English and, you know, um, translate it. And I, think, and I think that's the challenge and those are the tensions that we kind of deal with. And I think it's, it's a big issue. It's a big issue with the industry. It's a big issue with our clients. I think clients see the merits of it. We see the merits of it. But making that happen is something that, that we're still trying to figure out. There is no perfect way of doing that. Mm. Thank you for that. And very, very interesting um, points on there. Sonela, is there anything you want to add on there? No, 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 no. That was uh, well, well put, Carl. Like, uh, I mean, uh, it, this obviously is a frustrating, beautiful issue for me. <laughs> like uh like well put it's it's like we we could be so much better if agencies and like i mean what it's created for me anyway is a dead party supplier so there's nothing wrong with dead party suppliers but it's it's in how you then treat these languages which are going out to the majority of your customers to be honest mm -hmm. in south africa so it's uh, it's up to you if you want that message to be the strongest uh, kind of like you know message that's coming out for your campaign or is that just a watered down version of something else um, mm -hmm. I think, I think there's there's a lot of merit in selling something. We we were um, just after the the win. Um, the, we I did an interview with um, on seven hundred two, and Azania uh, had heard one of the spots, and and the response was visceral. The response was, uh, I think the quote was, "It's delicious." I think, you know, that response for someone who hadn't experienced it and listened to it, who could appreciate the nuances in a way that a brand hasn't related to before, you know, like or to her maybe before i think that's what we got to tap into that's powerful stuff you know so i think um i think we got to do more of that and brands can play a more uh, powerful role in that you know yeah definitely and certainly and i think there is something beautiful about uh, as you're saying you know hearing something in your own language in your home language in your mother tongue it stirs something very different in you 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 respond very differently it's almost like you feel at home you know those moments yeah. uh, and being seen and being heard is is really important um of course sorry, sorry, that's, that's, that's yeah. one more thing. You, you, yeah. you also like, it also like i mean my daughter now just wanted to just say but it also is the one way for my daughter to know that i'm being serious i mm. switched to like you know and 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 it's the same effect throughout. Like, you know, that's why we created Sheet because, because Nissan warning words, like, you know, once they say it in your language, you listen a bit more because that's in your DNA. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that's exactly what I wanted to be said on that. Yeah. Oh, well, I really like that. It, it is, it is, it is. It's, it's very deep. You just, you know, sometimes even if you don't fully understand, there's just that moment of, oh, yes, I, I felt that. Mm. I felt that. <laughs> mm. And, and of course, of course, besides the two of you, is there anyone else who you feel should be specifically or specially acknowledged? Um, perhaps even the person who did the voiceover <laughs> as well. 
Oh, oh I, I, I love, I love, love, love to acknowledge uh, my my partner uh, uh, who, who who actually just came to the party and did all the voices for us, Cindy Swapan, like you know, for for the Shri campaign and started doing like you know the voices for the commands and the voices for so that's my daughter and uh, for everything else. And, and obviously, my art director uh, that I used to work with, uh, Tulengas, I think he did an amazing job visually. Yeah. Yeah. And I think um, I, I, I've got to say, because Sonelli might not have mentioned it, but Sonelli was the voice in the radio spots. Um, so I think his delivery, uh, his understanding of the language, you know, we didn't want to use him because we were worried about um, his voice being known in certain circles. But... Sanele was the voice. Um, there are other people that I think we have, like, you know, there's Mike Tilizzi, Judy Sibanda, um, there's Kim Hunt at the office, there's Louis Enslin, who, from a sound engineering point of view, is just, just played, just made magic, you know. Um, there, there's a whole team back at the agency from Ops, Sonia Boerter, you know, I can go on and on, but there's a, there's an entire Nissan team back at the agency. And then obviously the client that we, we're super grateful for, for the opportunity. You know, without them, we can't make these things happen. Mm. Earlier, you actually mentioned that we're not doing enough in the space, in the industry. What do you feel like this case study has done for perspe- perceptions around diversity and inclusivity in the country? Yeah, I think I think from, from within the industry, I've, I've, you know, what was great about this win was that people within the industry reached out and said, well done, that campaign spoke to me. You know, so they happen to be in the industry, but I think as a whole, when you do work like this, people accept that we can celebrate this, that it's okay, and that we can shine with that. I think that's a, you know, the, the role models, be it people or the work, through our work, we can give people something to go, okay, cool, that's okay, that's a North Star, that's what we can aspire to, you know. So I think, I think for me, we should be celebrating more of that. I just, you know, like, I think, Especially in the industry, we we tend to. It was interesting. We tend to like, oh no no, it's it's a good win, but you know you know whatever. But I think people really enjoyed this. People really celebrate celebrated this. And nearly, I think you and me. I think we got calls from other agencies where people went, "Geez, that was great. You know, well done." And it wasn't a you know because sometimes you you're jealous of of other people's work. We we are a competitive industry, right? But but people really celebrate this because it's not a it's not just a it's 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 for the industry as a whole. You know, we're all competing when it comes to awards. Um, we're all kind of investing time and effort. But I think from a language perception point of view, I think people people need the, 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 the role of role models and examples, case studies like this is very important, you know, because we haven't got enough of that. It's not been celebrated enough. The more we do this, the more okay it is, the more we start changing perception, the more normal it becomes, and the more we can move on from the things that kind of hold us back, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's very important. Um, I think I'm grateful to have played a little part in that, you know. Um, but I think I think it's just the start. Mm. And, and Cole, what, what would you want to see more of them? And if you're saying this is just the start, this is just, you know, almost base camp, base, <laughs> you know, base point, mm. base camp. Uh, what do you want to see more of and what needs to be done so that we can see more of uh, these kinds of things? Yeah, I think, I think, um, I think what I've seen happen and maybe, uh, look, I was also on the radio um, jury. I, I, I wasn't able to influence this just by the way. But what I did see was the use of language is strong, which is great. I think um, just using language isn't enough. 
You know, when people come up with a brand name or product name, they say, okay, cool, we're going to put it in vernacular. That's, that's not enough for me. I think the ability to use that language is one thing. But from within the creative industry, there's still an element of creativity that needs to come to the table. You can't just say to me, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tap into my home language um, and that's enough. You've got to tap into your home language and you've got to make it inspirational. You've got to add a layer of creativity that makes people go, oh, wow, that really spoke to me. Because otherwise, you're just going to blend in, right? Then we're just going to have a sea of the same vernacularness, if I can call it that. So I think... Um, what I'd like to see is that people come in and they use language, they use their cultural insights, which is, I believe, in South Africa, very rich. You know, a country with 11 different languages, so many different cultures is very rich. Mm. But I think we've got to use creativity to show that in its best way possible so we can have more role models, we can have better examples. I think if we can get that right, mm. then that's a very interesting, exciting space for us to play in. Certainly, and, and indeed. And Sanele, coming back to you, I think, you know, even around doing some of the research elements of it, you know, as, as Carl's also mentioned, there is this balance between not just, um, you know, creating something in one's mother tongue or in vernacular, but, you know, finding this balance between maybe the cultural or conversational elements, um, specifically for the app, making sure that their basic app requirements or safety requirements that are met um, there must have been a lot of almost balancing throughout this process. What did that look like for you uh, in order to make this successful? Yeah, I mean, exactly. I think I, I love I love what Carl alluded to with like, it's not enough to just say, I'm going to translate this into the language or I'm going to just write this even in, in the language. And I think and I think that's enough. That That, that isn't enough because... Uh, you have to remember who you're competing with. For instance, if I just go on like our ways thing, we were competing against like there's a voice of a boy band that you can navigate in a boy band. You can like navigate it like in Batman. Like, you know, so it has to be good enough to compete against that. But you can apply that on, 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 on anything. You can apply it on like, you know, if I'm creating like a, a children's book, I'm competing against Paper Pick. And that's a big kind of like, you know, franchise that's going as a machine. Like, you know, how do you use our, that creativity that comes from you thinking in your home languages to then just like come from like, you know, this angle and, and hack into these spaces in a way where you stand out. Cause we have the standouts already. We just need to be in the right spaces. Like yeah, I, I still maintain that. Yeah. Okay. Cool. <laughs> very, very interesting. And thank you for your insights on there. Um, and I think, you know, uh, Carl, I guess, as we just reach towards the end, I would say for you, in your opinion, what advice would you have for people who are entering the space, entering the industry at the moment? Uh, what advice could you possibly share with them? I think um, often we try and conform to a space when we come into it. And I think um, people coming in need to realize that they can add value to that space. You know, I think um, I think there are initiatives. Um, there's the Blackboard initiatives that's, that's trying to... Um, show advertising as an opportunity for a lot of South Africans, you know, at school level, which I think is fantastic. Um, but I think that when people come into the industry, they need to know that they can add value. There are things you have to learn, like anyone does. If you if you do a sport or you learn a new skill, you have to, you've got to learn the tricks to be able to kind of improve, right? So, so anyone coming in has has to learn some of those tricks. They have to learn some of the creative stuff, the benchmark type stuff. They've got to do all that kind of creative fitness 
But I think for people, they've got to acknowledge that they can add value to the industry. You know, clients pay us money to connect with an audience to sell products, right? Um, if you understand that audience and if, if you can relate to that audience culturally, then that makes you as a, as a creative or even on, on another end of the agency valuable. You know, so people need to realize that if you're speaking to a certain audience and you're part of that audience or you have an understanding of multiple audiences, that you can add value. You know, I think that is something that people need to um, acknowledge or, or know of. Um, and then hard work, hard work, no pain, no gain. There's nothing like a quick, you can't, you can't leapfrog. You've got to put the hours in. I'm the worst with that. I'm very militant, but I, I believe you've got to pay your dues. You've got to, you've got to sweat. Mm, certainly. So, Nina, why, why are you laughing there? Have you experienced I, I, this? I, I was waiting for, like, the truth in the end. <laughs> <laughs> you, I'm going to work you like a slave. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, also, no, I you're competing. You're competing for, for jobs. Yeah. You're competing for placements. You're competing with everyone who thinks that they're best in the industry. So, ultimately, I think it's also finding that factor that makes you different and unique and what are you bringing to the table. It's not just getting to the table. It's what are you going to do when you get to the table as well? 100%. And, and Sonelli did this. I think, I think the radio, there were different versions of the radio, of the audio. The approach to it was one way. I think we were all relatively happy and then it changed, you know. And I think Sonelli found a way of making it better. The team found a way of making that better. So I think, I think that's, the, that's the kind of refinement and the sharpening that needs to happen. You can't just go, okay, here's an idea. Where's Where's my uh, recognition or acknowledgement? You've got to go, cool, here's an idea. How can I make it better? And how can you push it? And how can you um, streamline it and make it just simple? You know, I think mm -hmm. that's, the, that's the challenge. So people need to understand that, but people need to know that they can add value. It's not, a, it's not an industry that's not for you. The industry needs you. The industry needs people who understand the audiences. You know, um, I think, I think we, we don't have enough people. Mm. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. And Sonele, what is it for you? I mean, Carl mentioned some really interesting things. And one thing, Carl, that you actually mentioned now was if something's not working, you're being able to pivot, being able to change direction, which, uh, you know, some people can be very stuck in their ways at some, time, at some points. Uh, but Sonele, what is it for you? What advice do you have for newcomers in the industry? What roadmap or advice can you share with them? Like that, your silly ideas are valid. Like, like, like th that little spark that makes you get up that you can't explain is, is like really is probably the most valid thing you'll ever say in an advertising agency meeting. Like, like I I've walked into advertising agency meetings and said something that I didn't think makes sense. But like, uh, and you shouldn't wait for the feedback, shouldn't wait for the validation. Like Carl said, I think now my lesson has been like, you got to keep pushing. Like, like you said, they were happy with a certain uh, radio spot, but I felt as, as a home language speaker, I need to, to get it to a certain level because I know what other home language content I'm competing with out there, and it's great. Like, you know, so, so, so you, you, you kind of have to, you have to almost, yeah, like your ideas are valid, set your own benchmarks mm -hmm. uh, before anyone sees you, they'll come find you. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I love it. Don't conform. I love what Carl said. Don't conform. You're here to add value, you're not here to fit into some box. And, and yeah, okay, cool. Great. And, and one final question. You have successfully translated the app into Zulu. Which language is next? We're sitting on the edges of our seats wondering, is it my language? <laughs> Which language do you have next? 
Wow, that's really amazing. Uh, we've got three three lined up. So we, yeah. we have got Swana uh, lined up already. Um, and just uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Carl, Pedi, and Kosa. Kosa, yeah. Yeah, we've already got um, English slang um, as hygiene, but Kosa uh, and uh, Peri and yeah, Twana, yeah, that's correct. And, and what's important to say about that is that it's not a translation of the Zulu idea. The Zulu is about warning words in Zulu because that fits uh, a Zulu narrative. Kosa is a different narrative. Uh, Peri has to be a different narrative. It has to highlight the best things and the coolest things about, about that culture. So that, that's, that's what we are doing without giving away too much. <laughs> Well, fantastic. And we're looking forward to seeing it in all 11 official languages in the coming years. No pressure. But thank you both so much for your time. And thank you both so much for your insights. This has been a fantastic discussion. Thank you. Thank you to our amazing guests. And thank you all so much for joining us for this community's industry-wide initiative, celebrating these important conversations around diversity and inclusivity in the South African advertising industry made possible by the generous support of the ACA, Association for Communication and Advertising.